Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast. I'm Chaz Hathaway. Today we're going to share two near-death experiences. The first by an accountant, and this uh, account can be found on near-death.com. And uh, this is the account that's given by the accountant. They were rushing me from the emergency room to the intensive care unit because of my chest pain. They told me it was a heart attack. In the elevator, I felt my heart stop, and I stopped breathing, and I thought, this is it. The next thing I remember was looking down on my body in the intensive care unit. I don't know how I got in there, but they were working on me. There was this young doctor in a white coat and two nurses on a, and, and a black fellow in a white uniform, and he was doing most of the work on me. This black fellow was shoving down on my chest, and someone else was breathing for me, and they were yelling to get this and that. I learned later that this black fellow was a male nurse on, on the ward. I have never seen him before. I even remember the black bow tie he was wearing. Next thing I remember was going through this dark passage. It, I didn't touch any of the walls. I emerged out into an open field and was walking toward a big white wall, which was very long. It had three steps leading up to a doorway in the wall. On the landing above the stairs sat a man clothed in a robe that was dazzling white and glowing. His face had a glowing radiance also. He was looking into a big book, studying. As I approached him, I felt great reverence, and I asked him, Are you Jesus? He said, No, you will find Jesus and your loved ones beyond that door. After he looked in his book, he said, You may go through. Then I walked through the door, and I saw on the other side this beautiful, brilliantly lit city, reflecting what seemed to be the sun's rays. It was all made of gold or some shiny metal of, with domes and steeples in beautiful array. And the streets were shining, not quite like marble, but made of something I have never seen before. There were many people all dressed in glowing white robes with radiant faces. They looked beautiful. The air smelled so fresh. I have never smelled anything like it. There was a background of music that was beautiful, heavenly music, and I saw two figures walking towards me, and I immediately recognized them. They were my mother and father. Both had died years ago. My mother was an amputee, and yet that leg was now restored. She was walking on two legs. I said to my mother, You and father are beautiful. And they said to me, you have the same radiance, and you are also beautiful. As we walked along together to find Jesus, I noticed there was one building larger than the others, larger than all the others. It looked like a football stadium with an open end to the building where blinding light radiated from it. I tried to look up at the light, but I couldn't. It was too brilliant. Many people seemed to be bowed in front of the building in adoration and prayer. I said to my parents, What is that? They said, 
in there is God. I will never forget it. I have never seen anything like it. We walked on as they were taking me to see Jesus, and we passed many people. All of them were happy. I have never felt such a sense of well-being. As we approached the place where Jesus is located, I suddenly felt this tremendous surge of electricity through my body as if someone had hit me in the chest. My body arched upward as they were defibrillating my heart. I had been restored to my former life, but I was not happy to come back. However, I knew I had been sent back to tell the others of this experience. I plan to dedicate the rest of my life to telling anyone who will listen. That's the end of, of that experience. Interesting, isn't it? So this one um, has a unique element there that, that um, after going through the tunnel, this accountant, I'm not, I'm not sure, I'm not clear if it's a man or a woman, but I'm gathering that it's a woman from, uh, I'm not sure what, what it was that clued me into thinking it's a woman. Anyway, um, I could be wrong about that, but uh, she's walking along, or she's, she, she's going along through this tunnel and finds herself in this open field and was walking toward a big white wall, which was very long. So it's, I'm picturing like, you know, she's in this field and she walks up to this big white wall and there are three steps leading up a doorway in the wall. And on the landing above the stairs, there was a man clothed in a robe that was dazzling white and glowing. He was looking down into a big book and studying. And then she asked him, are you Jesus? And he says, no, but you'll find Jesus and your loved ones beyond that door. Which kind of sets up the uh, anticipation of meeting Jesus because she meets her loved ones um, as soon as she gets through the door. But here in this, beyond this door is this beautiful city. This, this is an interesting one because there doesn't seem, I mean, there's plenty of barrier options, but she doesn't seem to encounter a barrier or, or it doesn't seem to be stopped by a barrier. You could definitely say the wall or the door is a barrier, but she's invited right through it and she goes. And then these little descriptions are very interesting. The shininess of the brilliant city, uh, which almost seemed to be the sun's rays. She says it's made of gold or some shiny metal. Um, there's mar something like marble. Um, that she hadn't seen before. People dressed in glowing white robes and shining faces. She talks about a wonderful fresh smell. She talks about uh, the sound of background music in the air. And, uh, and then she meets her parents. And, uh, and they are headed toward this great building where God is. And I'm not clear from her description whether... She's thinking of Jesus and God as being the same individual or whether she's just planning on meeting both. But uh, clearly there's one particularly large building which honestly fits the description of what some have called the throne room uh, a little bit. But, uh, but there is just 
exquisite light of the brightest, um, heaviest nature. I, I shouldn't say heaviest, but the, the most brilliant, just thick light that she can't even look at it. But she's excited to go toward it in search of Jesus. Um, and uh, as she's headed there, all of a sudden she feels her body just slam, just boom. They'd gotten the defibrillators, defibrillators working, and uh, she's back to life. She's like, I was not happy to come back. But, she says, I knew I had been sent back to tell others of this experience. And she says that I plan to dedicate the rest of my life to tell anyone who will listen. Sounds like she came back with a very purposeful feeling in mind and knew that purpose. Very, very beautiful experience. Very interesting. This next one is a short one also, um, but worth sharing. This is by Paul on enderf.org. I was in a three-day summer camp with my older brother, the one that died. There was a swimming pool there, so he decided to teach me to swim. I can just see where this is going. <laughs> when he had given me some fundamentals to work with, he told me to stay in the shallow water close to the edge. He then got out, went to play with the roller skates. I couldn't have been more than five, it couldn't have been more than five minutes of practice before I decided to combine techniques and swim across the pool. I made it halfway, about eight feet, in my desperation, <clears throat> after struggling for what seemed like forever, I did what they do in cartoons. I stuck my hand out of the water and lowered my fingers one at a time. Then I lowered them all. I let out my toxic air with great relief. They said that when they rescued me, I was lying on the pool floor. They thought I was playing. So they waited for me to come for, up for air. When I didn't, one of the counselors dove in after me. No one knows how long I was there before being spotted. There were a lot of kids. It's been a long time ago. I had, have always said that I remember as if it were yesterday. Guess I'm going to have to stop saying that. The experience itself is why I say that, or why I said that. I can't remember if the figures faded in or I opened my eyes. At any rate, I've never been faced with such brightness. It was like being in a room that was being lit by its personal sun, or even brighter. I really don't remember the number odd of odd figures I saw. I always followed my religious background and figured 12. For a minute, these men just stared. Then one, middle, one, then one middle one, Peter, leaned forward and his face was inches away from mine. Then he began to slowly shake his head. No. As he did this, the bright lights very slowly began to soften and slowly began to fade into a mixture of white and blue powder. I should say it was so bright in there, it was in black and white. I, a bright light making all the people look like shadows. I could make out faces, especially the one that leaned toward me, but they were all in black and white. Anyway, as the white light began to fade, the number of people began to grow. At the same time, the shapes or the heights were changing. 
color in the people, trees, chairs, etc. Then there I lay in the middle of a circle of children and adults. That's the end of the experience. And this is one that I would, I would give as a two on the uh, detail scale, but I would give even a lower score on the uh, <laughs> clarity of the consecutive order of things scale, just because I'm not clear at what point, you know, I mean, it, it's like he goes down in the pool, bloop, you know, and, and passes out. And then I don't know if he's immediately in a light or if or if that's just the better part of it. My guess is that he comes to in a light and um, finds himself um, in the midst of a number of beings. He doesn't remember how many. He's just going to say 12 because it's religious background, he said. And, you know, he's, I, I, he's obviously assuming these are 12 apostles because of his religious background. And so the one in the middle, who he considers Peter, leans forward, comes just inches from his face, shakes his head no. And then things begin to fade. It's interesting to me with this one because um, everything's black and white. But he does say, as he did this, the bright lights began... Uh, very slowly began to soften and slowly began to fade into a mixture of white and powder blue. And and then uh, things are going, colors are showing up, apparently, because it says, as the white light began to fade, the number of people began to grow. At the same time, the shapes or heights were changing. Color in people, trees, etc., then I lay there. And I don't know if these are the colors of the world around him on earth where the children and adults are surrounding him or if this is something in the background that's not clear. But interesting that he's seeing in black and white in apparently heaven. So that's something you don't hear every day. But, uh, but very interesting. Especially since most of the time the colors are hyper colors. You know, colors that, that you don't even see here. And so forth. Very interesting. So, if you would like to support the podcast, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash ndecast and becoming an ongoing monthly subscriber um, or a contributor. It's a subscription model of, of con contribution. So, um, Also, you can, if, if you have an experience you'd like to share, I would love for you to call 970-NDE-CAST and leave it in a message. If it times you out after three minutes, just call right back and leave another message. Keep calling back until you uh, get your full message shared. You can also use that line to ask questions or leave comments. You can also email at uh, neardeathexperiencepodcast at gmail.com And once again, thank you all of you so much for listening.